Hi, my name is David Tang, and I'm a physician at the Cohen Children's Medical Center Division of Pediatric Emergency Medicine. I'm also the director of Pediatric Emergency Ultrasound, as well as director of the Pediatric Emergency Ultrasound Fellowship. Today, we'll be covering point-of-care ultrasound, the history, where we are, and where we're going. For today, we will have several objectives. But first, we'd like to define what is point-of-care ultrasound. Point-of-care ultrasound has several adjectives. One is POCUS, P-O-C-U-S, POCUS standing for point-of-care ultrasound. Adjectives also include emergency ultrasound, EUS, clinical ultrasound, bedside ultrasound, as well as focused ultrasound. All of these terms refer back to point-of-care ultrasound. On a policy statement said by American College of Emergency Physicians, Emergency ultrasound is a separate entity distinct from the physical examination that adds anatomic, functional, and physiologic information to the care of the acutely ill patient. It provides clinically significant data not obtainable by inspection, palpation, auscultation, or other components of the physical exam. Point-of-care ultrasound is a bedside ultrasound performed by the healthcare provider in conjunction with a real-time clinical examination, a true definition of point-of-care. Point of care is also a goal-directed, simplified, program-based assessment, generally qualitative and binomial, rather than quantitative and descriptive. Its findings can be directly correlated with the patient's presenting signs and symptoms, all in real time. Furthermore, it allows the provider to maintain expected workflow, which is time-sensitive, and repeatable. It also allows images to be archived for clinical education, research, and quality assurance purposes. Real-time dynamic image interpretation rather than image recorded by a sonographer and interpreted later. So point-of-care ultrasound is a hybrid, both for the clinician being the technician as well as the image interpretation. So for the clinician, this offers real-time data acquisition as well as being able to use the data in real-time diagnostic utilities. So what is a POCUS question? It's a binomial yes or no question. Is there intra-abdominal fluid in a child with blunt abdominal trauma? Is there cholelithiasis in a 17-year-old with right upper quadrant pain? Is there pericardial or pleural effusion in this 15-year-old with SLE who presents with shortness of breath or chest pain? Is there a pneumothorax in a teenager presenting acute onset of right-sided chest pain? What are not your POCUS questions? Is there intrahepatic mass in a child with elevated LFTs? Is there a VSD in an infant with respiratory distress or hepatomegaly? What grade splenic laceration does a 15-year-old have who was involved in NVC? The evaluation of a third trimester pregnancy to determine gender or cardiac abnormalities. These are not your true point-of-care binomial yes or no questions. At some point we may get there, but classically these are not. So our objectives for today, now that we define point-of-care ultrasound. How did we get here? Now that we're here, now what? And where are we going? So how do we get here? How do we get to a point where we have portable ultrasounds, handheld ultrasounds? How do we get to a point where we're actually taking ultrasounds to third world countries to do global health? Where do we have it where even our youngest kids are performing point-of-care ultrasound in their schools for education? And yes, some do fit in the back pocket. It's really all about technology. The technology has set to the point that we are now able to teach our med students in the first day of, of classes, how to use point-of-care ultrasound, whether it be for pediatrics, adult medicine, anesthesia, critical care, multiple facets of point-of-care can be used with multiple different applications.
So how did we get here? In the beginning, Lazzaro Spallanzani first documented echolocation with bats in 1794, and this was the start of sound waves. So what is sound? Sound is made up of compression and rarefraction of air. Parts of the sound wave include the amplitude, which is strength, wavelength, and cycle. For the purposes of this presentation, we'll focus on cycle. And I promise you, this is the only physics I'm going to actually put in here. So frequency equals the number of cycles per second, and that equals hertz. For the most part, humans speak in 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz, which is basically 20 cycles to 20,000 cycles per second. A bat does 14 to 200,000. A dolphin, about the same. However, medical ultrasound, we're looking at 1 million hertz or 1 million cycles to 15 million cycles per second. Now that we've described sound, I'd like to move on to Jacques and Pierre Curie. The brothers discovered the piezoelectric effect. They discovered that certain substances, when changed in shape, create an electrical charge. The effect, the piezoelectric effect, is the reversal of electricity to shape. So let's take a look at the probe. In front of every probe is a piezoelectric crystal. Taking to the piezoelectric effect, an electrical charge is sent to the crystal. The shape is changed and a signal or sound is emanated from the probe. The echo returns at 1540 meters per second, changes the shape of the crystal, and produces the electrical impulse. The ultrasound then takes this electrical impulse to create the shape. Next in history is Paul Langvin and Konstantin Cholowski. In 1912, they produced the first transducer, taking the idea of the piezoelectric effect to make the first hydrophone used in World War I to detect underwater vehicles such as submarines as well as boats. Fast forward to today, that large hydrophone now it has created hundreds of different probes for multiple different applications. As we move further in history, we find Dr. George Ludwig. He used A-mode apparatus or the early ultrasound to look for gallstones. Also, ophthalmology was also using ultrasound at the time to evaluate the globe. In 1953, Dr. Edler and Helmuth created the first or used the first ultrasound for echocardiogram. In 1975 came the first portable ultrasound. This unit was the ADR2130 used for OBGYN purposes. This is a similar analogy to the first generation cell phones. You are now able to put this on a cart and go and not have to deal with large bulky machines. In 1979, the Organon Technica was created as a first handheld. The images were, were low quality. However, when compared to current standards, this was the first attempt for a handheld device. In 1999, Sonosite introduced a handheld. This became the beginning of high quality portable handheld ultrasounds. The GEV scan in 2010 was also introduced as another alternative to portable handheld ultrasounds. In 2015, Philips introduced the Lumify. Now clinicians are able to connect a handheld portable ultrasound device to their smartphones. Over the next few years, other companies as well introduced handheld devices that offer different options as well as different applications. Now that we reviewed how we got here, how do we keep in touch with how do we teach those who are using it? So in 1990, the American College of Emergency Physicians published a position statement supporting the performance of ultrasound by appropriately trained emergency physicians. In 1994, my and colleagues published a training curriculum for emergency physicians. 
In 1999, with the passage of the American Medical Association House Resolution 802, where it recommends hospital committees recognize specialty-specific guidelines for ultrasound credentialing decisions. In 2001, Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education mandated that all emergency medicine residents attain competency in the use of point-of-care ultrasound. The American College of Emergency Physicians issued a policy statement. Most recent update was 2006, demonstrating the ultrasound guidelines in emergency point-of-care and clinical ultrasound guidelines in medicine. Furthermore, the Emergency Medicine Milestone Project, through the Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education, as well as the Council for Emergency Medicine Residency Directors, made point-of-care ultrasound in 2012 part of the Milestone Project. PC-12 focused on diagnostic and therapeutic procedures such as goal-directed focus ultrasound for diagnostic and procedural. These go through different levels of which each house staff should attain during their training time. Furthermore, PC-14, another part of the ACGME, also focuses on vascular access as well. So now that we're here, now what? Current applications for point-of-care ultrasound. Through ASEP, American College of Emergency Physicians, it's outlined which indications for point-of-care ultrasound is possible, whether it be resuscitative, diagnostic, procedural guidance, symptom or sign-based or therapeutic. There are multiple systems as well as applications that point-of-care ultrasound has indications for as set forth through the American College of Emergency Physicians. Their policy statement also transferred in 2014 to pediatrics, where the point-of-care ultrasound by pediatric emergency medicine physicians was published in 2014, which gave indications and criteria for the use of point-of-care ultrasound by pediatric emergency physicians. Furthermore, point-of-care ultrasound has been used to evaluate shock and hypotension. Here is an example of the RUSH protocol as well as the HIMAP approach. This is an example of how point-of-care ultrasound can be used when evaluated for lung. Daniel Lichtenstein created the BLUE protocol. Here, several lung findings correlated with different pathology, and you're able to see here that certain profiles are specific for certain disease pathology entities. Within critical care and emergency ultrasound, point-of-care ultrasound can be used throughout primary assessment, as well as recurrent assessment as well. Here is an example of the ABCDE of the primary assessment as published through Neary and Al, which reviews the use of point-of-care ultrasound in every facet of initial primary assessment. It can be used for airway, breathing, circulation, all the way down to soft tissue and cranial ultrasound. For pediatrics, the big three of pediatric ultrasound, pyloric stenosis, intussusception, appendicitis, can be seen in most pediatric emergency rooms. So in pediatrics, why does point-of-care ultrasound work? Smaller distance from skin to pathology, less fat and connective tissue with less muscle mass. In peds, there's just closer proximity to solid organs to skin. And in pediatrics, we do have better visualization of intra-abdominal structures. With the use of ionizing radiation through CAT scans and x-rays, point-of-care ultrasound gives the clinician an alternative that's highly reliable and accurate. For pediatrics, the American Academy of Pediatrics issued a statement and a technical report involving the point-of-care ultrasound by pediatric emergency medicine physicians. The use of emergency ultrasound in pediatrics has grown since 2006, where now it encompasses over 95% of emergency departments and 88% of programs, whereas only 57% and 65% were reported in 2006. So now that we're here, where are we going? So as a point-of-care community, the reaches are endless. When focused, the world 
World Interactive Network of Focus on Critical Ultrasound is an international group of physicians focused on point-of-care ultrasound. Here in North America and in pediatrics, we have the P2 network. This network includes pediatric emergency medicine physicians who are trained or interested in point-of-care ultrasound as it pertains to pediatric emergency medicine. Furthermore, in the point-of-care community, emergency ultrasound fellowships have been created. The Society for Clinical Ultrasound Fellowships include over 100 emergency ultrasound fellowships, as well as 13 pediatric emergency ultrasound fellowships. Here at Cohen Children's, we are one of the 13 pediatric emergency ultrasound fellowships in the country. As we narrow down our scope, we're looking at what we are actually doing locally. Northwell Health comprises of multiple departments and divisions that are leaders in the field of point-of-care ultrasound. One of them is the Department of Emergency Medicine at North Shore Manhasset as well as LIJ. Their work in the field of point-of-care ultrasound stems from the beginning and reaches far into the future. At Northwell Health, the Department of Pulmonary Critical Care and Sleep Medicine, Seth Koning and Paul Mayo are also leaders in their field, not only in critical care but point-of-care ultrasound and their uses and their applications to critical care. Furthermore, in Northwell Health, our relationship with the Zucker School of Medicine at Hofstra Northwell incorporates education of point of care to the medical students from their very first week of medical school. Classes are taught for the first years as well as second years. Fundamentals as well as hand-on sessions were, were given to the students that carries them throughout their entire medical school career. An example of how the Zucker School of Medicine is a leader in innovation, a select group of fourth-year medical students were given Phillips to use on their clinical rotations. Point-of-care ultrasound is now in the hands of the learning students, and this is just the beginning. As we focus to the Cohen Children's Medical Center in Northwell Health, at Cohen Children's Medical Center in Northwell Health, point-of-care ultrasound can be seen on the multiple levels of education, whether it be the fourth-year medical students during their clerkships, pediatric residents, as well as pediatric emergency medicine fellows, all learning point-of-care and as it pertains to their clinical environment. Currently, we are doing point-of-care ultrasound research, including G-tube confirmation, as well as evaluation for pediatric patients with potential sepsis. Furthermore, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Fellows from the Cohen Children's Medical Center have competed on a national platform at the AAP. Further projects include ultrasound-guided IV placement for nursing. Furthermore, at the Cohen Children's Medical Center, pediatric emergency ultrasound faculty are growing. Along with the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Fellowship, graduates of Pediatric Emergency Medicine and fellowships can come to Cohen Children's Medical Center to do a one-year pediatric emergency ultrasound fellowship. The Cohen Children's Medical Center is part of the St. Damien's Collaborative. The collaborative is made up of 15 different children's hospitals and institutions for the sole purpose of helping the St. Damien's Hospital in Haiti. Several medical missions have been taken place where pediatric emergency medicine fellows, nurses, take the point-of-care technology to the children of Haiti. Not only has the point-of-care ultrasound has been used not only for the diagnosis of early pathology, but has also been used as an educational tool for the residents of St. Damien. So where are we going? On the global scale of point-of-care ultrasound, the emergence of handheld devices are only growing. With new technology, improvement in image quality, the possibilities of advancement and innovation are endless. Virtual reality technology is also taking a role in point-of-care ultrasound. Deep learning as well, as well as machine learning, has also played a part
in trying to enhance clinical decision-making as well as optimization of measurements and images. Telesonography has always played a part, but now growing given the new onset of technology as well as improvement in machine quality. Here at Northwell Health, the standardization of -of point-of-care ultrasound is the next step. Trying to standardize point-of-care ultrasound across a health system is the next challenge that we face. At Cohen Children's Medical Center, an institutional POCUS initiative to standardize point of care has been started. Whether it be the intensive care, neonatology, hospital medicine, emergency medicine, and even gastroenterology and nutrition, point of care ultrasound can be found and its reaches are growing. So what is the future? As for the future of point of care ultrasound, the possibilities are truly endless. Today we reviewed what point of care ultrasound is, how did we get here, current applications, and future possibilities. The point of a journey is not to arrive, but the view is great when you get there. Thank you for your time.